Welcome to episode 12 of After the Split, the Deep Dive Speedrunners podcast. This week, I'm happy to have my first crossover with CJ It's All Good. You may know him for his work on Speed Docs and Speedrun Insider. I had a lot of fun with this episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it as well. And welcome. This week, I'm I'm gracious to have CJ It's All Good, famous for the popular docuseries Speed Docs, and another podcast speedrun host, uh, the Speedrun Insider. And let me just say, first off, uh, I love your passion and everything. I, I love the stuff that you put out, so I'm very happy to see you. I'm How are you doing? I'm happy to be here. I'm doing good. I'm living the dream one day at a time. Now, That's you did just get out of work, time. right? Oh, yeah, every day. I feel like, yeah. and maybe it's just because I used to say it as well, ever since I heard it is like, ah, living the dream is pretty much code for I want to die a little bit. So are you okay? <laughs> I am. I am okay. Uh, if I wasn't okay, I would do the secret blink, the okay. wink, wink, mm-hmm. name, little mm-hmm. slide, you know? It's yeah. all great. Uh, there's no, there's no gun to my head. Uh, but I do have to talk to a lot of reps all the time. And so it's like, how are you, sir? Oh, everybody sir, always, yeah. Sir, how are you? <laughs> how's, how's the weather up there? I'm like, oh, it's peachy keen. I'm peachy living the keen. dream. I, and then I look up the weather for the day, right? So the high of today was 79. So oh, like, boy, oh, it's know. toasty. Yeah, Dolores, uh, living the dream <laughs> one 79-degree day at a time. Now let's get to the problem here. You know, we got a, we got a problem. As much as I'd love to spend my day doing chit chat we we do have uh work to do hopefully now i feel like my intros never do it justice and i have one major bone to pick uh with anybody that may have said anything wrong to you i miss your nba jam intros i think they were (laughs) incredible so if you could bring that back that would be awesome well they have come back i i i i for so on the speedrun insider Mm-hmm. They, the, the people were like, you know, you're, you're too bombastic. Somebody told me, can you cut out my NBA style? No I way. Like what? I'm too, they were very, a humble person. Like it didn't fit them. And I'm like, you know what? I got you fair. I, I will take care of that for you. And then I'm like, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll just, we'll just try to, we'll just try and do that. You know, we'll just go that way. But they have come back on a future episode. I had a really fun guest, and I was like, "Bruh, I'm going all out. I'm I'm loading up both guns, and we just went for it. So it was pretty good. That was a pretty awesome. Good I actually I love to hear it. I guess just uh <laughs> for a little bit of a background for yourself as well. Uh, when I originally made this, I thought I was doing some crazy unique idea. I was like, "Oh, nobody really does speedrun podcasting, especially an interview based one." And, uh, yeah, I'd done about three episodes, and I saw that Rico was going on to Overboost, and I was like, oh, so there is one. Well, we're different, maybe, uh, you know, it's not the same thing. Then, like, the next week I saw Falaire was going on yours, I'm like, okay, so there's a couple. And I thought about <laughs> quitting, actually. I was like, you know what, it's just, it's already saturated, and, but people kind of changed my mind. I was like, you know what, more content's the same. It's like saying, yeah. oh, I'm going to stop speedrunning because someone else has already played this game. Yeah, absolutely, No. You the the first of all, we haven't hit a saturation point in podcasts in good podcasts. Mm-hmm. We haven't hit that saturation point. There's a been a, a really a bunch of like shovelware. Yeah, yeah. You know, to to, to 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 steal a parlance from the video game world. But no, I, I 
I think that there's room for a lot of content creators kind of doing similar things because, I mean, that's how it is in the real world. There's a thousand sports podcasts. Yeah, people right. Don't go, people don't go, you know, I really don't want to hear from Romani <laughs> Jones. I don't really like the right time. That's the wrong time for me. You know, it's just it's one. It's, it's a bridge too far. It's like mm-hmm. no one goes like that. You know, everyone's like, oh, uh, this is my this is my get down. You know, shout out to Bamani Jones. He's a ESPN uh, podcast guy, and I'm a big fan. Big fan. So nobody so, else can do it because, uh, you know, you like him. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, but no, I mean, I, I'm glad you didn't quit. Yeah, also, I, I am too. I really like people, talking to people. Having more people in it keeps everybody else honest. You know, it's like the presence of Coca-Cola keeps pepsi like at bay oh i guess yeah i could see that a little bit of not necessarily competition in this sense but the idea to fuel everyone to be better yeah like if i fuck up i know that someone will come and make mm-hmm. 50 more episodes than me you know or make better or or just get the better guests or have the better conversation now actually so, that or- being said i feel like this is the most nervous i've been for an interview or what? an episode just because like oh this guy does this he's he's gonna know how to do things better than me my man it's all good there's a lot of plates spinning going around like Mm -hmm. listen you've got me in your environment i don't record myself doing it i'm like i'm like what do i do with my hands they're talking a good thing i'm italian because i talk with my hands (laughs) definitely it makes things better yeah so i'm like i'm like okay i'm in the visual field i'm not usually and when i'm doing mine i get real close to the monitor Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like leaning in, you know, I'm, I'm like this wild and crazy guy, but no one sees that. Oh yeah, so, true. So but, no, I get what you're saying, but no, it's, it's cool, man. We're cool. couple little Fonzies. We're cool. All right. Step out of my giant big cup. Mm-hmm. Hey, better than a can. So <laughs> shout out to that conversation. <laughs> Uh, I guess I, I definitely want to start off getting to know who exactly CJ is. So, like, how did you come up with your screen name? What is CJ? It's all good. Okay, so I'm going to take you back in time. I've told, I think I've told this before, but I'm going to tell it again because it's 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 a funny enough mm-hmm. story. And I told it to someone recently who I've known for a long time, and they were like, "I had no idea." That's how you came up with your username. So, I was in eighth grade. Cause I was at my old house that I grew up in. It was the last year that I was in my old house. I got an Xbox 360, which was like that had the online. And mm-hmm. for the kids nowadays, they don't get it. Cause everything's got the online, <laughs> but that had the online. Like everybody had the online. It wasn't like, Oh my friend, you know, I have a, I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy that played Battlefront 2 online with the Ethernet adapter on his PS2. Like, that was, like, folklore. Right? I don't yeah. know, in a small town. The 360 had the online in it, right? The PS3 had huge. the online yeah, for in sure. it. It was huge. And you didn't need anything extra. So I was like, this is awesome. So I am on MySpace, and I have my little laptop. We're really aging it here. Thing. Yeah. I had my Nokia brick phone. I had I just bought $20 worth of minutes. And I was talking to this girl in MySpace's DMs who I had a crush on. Ooh. And uh, she liked me, but young people, and this may be, if you're out there listening, 
is a valuable lesson for y'all that you can take away from this. She had no goddamn interest. I should ask you if I can swear. Yeah, I'm going to do fine. it anyway. She had no damn interest in listening to me talk about what should my Xbox Live username be? <laughs> I had no, no interest at so all. But I didn't pick up though? on that. So I'm bouncing names off of her thinking we're having a moment. Right. And I'm like leading up, like, I'm going to ask this girl if she wants to go to the eighth grade formal after this. And this, this wasn't it. Right. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, awkward and i figured out after like 30 minutes of badgering her that uh this wasn't it and i'm like hey i'm sorry you know i i i, I figured it out i'm sorry but i let's talk about something else and then she wrote back cj comma it's all good oh and i was like that's it there you go she was super unimpressed and annoyed that i picked that because <laughs> because she wasn't she didn't want any part to do with it but cj it's all good kind of stuck from there that's actually that's great do you happen to remember any of the the other ideas that you had bounced off her because i think a 360 <laughs> name era so terrible i hate all of my names that i had on like 360 era <laughs> i uh, some of the other so i had cj it's all good basically for the whole time minus like a, a period of time where clan or something mm-hmm. and i became like clan name yeah siege it's all good excuse me one second so c jammin was one of them okay. like jamming out that wouldn't be terrible uh uh c jeroni that was another bad one uh uh i tried so i tried taking like the J and like, oh, let me like, I can make like a, like a jitso or something. Like, maybe make it like abstract, like invent a word. And then, so, and then she was like, isn't that like the Yu Gi Oh card? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, damn, yeah, all right. I had maybe. that in my Yu Gi Oh deck back when I was in middle school. Uh, yeah, I don't, it was a couple that were pretty bad. I, I didn't, I was trying to find something that revolved around added pseudonym because nobody in my real life called me cj and i always wish that they did oh really yeah so cj is kind of the is the pseudonym inside of a pseudonym that Mm -hmm. i wanted people so i'm like i'm gonna name myself something long as long as it contains cj because people won't say the long name they'll just call me cj yeah of course shorten it down yeah I guess nowadays, do people call you CJ? Because I, I couldn't even think, or, you know, without maybe doxing yourself, what's the full name? Uh, so uh, people online call me CJ. Mm-hmm. I won't say my last name, but my name is Cody James. Oh, okay. Wait, that's a, all a first name? No, it's first middle. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm named after uh, two cowboys. So, Yeehaw. The, Yeehaw! And up here, <laughs> upstate New York, no. Oh, so. now, oh, upstate. I, do you actually like? Have you met with like Zim in real life? I wish I did. Uh, I wish that we could get that to work. By the way, um, he's about. I'm about. What's it? Two hours from the border. I'm about like four or five hours from Zim. Oh wow! If I, if okay. I had to ballpark it, I so guess... I could. I could visit him, but. Uh, I don't know if he wants me just dropping in on his Yeah, of life. course. You know, I don't know if I want me dropping in on my <laughs> life. Like, <laughs> I, I was going to ask where you're from, and I feel like, is it, 
the question that everybody asks as soon as you say New York is like, oh, the city? Yeah. So <laughs> that's that's really where they go. They are like, oh, man, what's the city like, dog? I'm like, man, I bet. Haven't been like in years. Times. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, so the, like the, the boroughs and Long Island and Staten Island, you know, and then you go up and then the four counties that are right there, that's like downstate. That's like really, that's like its own thing. Mm -hmm. That's the city area, the people, Westchester County and stuff. Now, if you live in my area, you call yourself upstate New York because it's country, you know, there's some small population centers, but it's not like a metropolis. Yeah. Like I live in a city, but I don't live in like the city. It kind of makes right? me think it's a, like a, a normal, normal town. yeah, northeastern kind of town. If I went to Buffalo and said I lived in upstate New York, they'd be like, "No, bro, you're in the city." It's like <laughs> I'm 90 miles away. It's a long 90 miles. Yeah. Like it's, you know, it gets it gets it it's pretty different up here. There's no skyscrapers. It's kind of old, too. Like, um, there's like a, like a 400 year old church that's in my town. It's like predates. Oh, wow. The U.S. That is yeah, old, old. Mm-hmm. So it's like pre-revolution stuff. Is this like the, it's, the go-to? I was like, yep, that's the church. All right. <laughs> well, there's a lot of old churches. It's kind of weird. Like in the city, it's like, you know, grid and it's easy to kind of traverse mm -hmm. just if you can figure out a grid system. And there's all these tall buildings, but they're just built. They're just random buildings. Even the pretty ones are kind of just like big buildings, in yeah. my opinion. But like we have tall buildings that are like old cathedrals and stuff, like old churches and old, old like stone buildings from like, you know, the 1600s or whatever when the Dutch colonized it. So it's kind of different. It's kind of like a, a different vibe. Actually, I just moved to Cincinnati like a month ago, and they're kind of, it seems like they're not sure what to do. They have a lot of historical buildings, like the churches just downtown, but then they're also <laughs> just tearing down a bunch of stuff. So it's like new modern skyscraper, 300-year-old building that somehow is still just standing here. There's a historical society somewhere that's pulling their hair oh, out for as, sure. they're, yeah. as they're constantly losing ground to some city conference or whatever, city, Actually, city council. This is so weird to me. I just found out they, uh, I think it was like right before World War II or something. They built this mm -hmm. whole underground subway system, demoed it all out, paved it, put everything there except for like a little bit of the railings. And they're like, eh, you know what? Let's just not do that. So it exists. But there's just no, like this whole bunch of like catacombs. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> Essentially big catacombs under the city. And it's still like really well kept because they've sealed it off from everybody for the most part. Wow. I'm like, huh. Historically, public I don't know why you would do that, like, but. Yeah. Public transportation in most cities is like the main reason to mm -hmm. live in the city. But uh, like, I'm so envious that you can basically get across the city in like a subway. Yeah. Like, we didn't even have Uber up here for a long time. Uber was a thing Oof. for, like, four or five years, and it wasn't allowed in New York. And then the governor the taxis, had to, taxis, like, I'm guessing, they hated like, it. Okay. Yeah. And guess where they all are now? They're out yep, of business. True. COVID put them out. Oh, it really? even Uber. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know that. That's kind of, that's wild. <laughs> These businesses that exist are sort of in a weird place where they're so fragile 
that like any they don't have a lot of money in the bank it's mm-hmm. kind of like a, a big problem living for the not now li- not for the future or they don't have liquid you mm-hmm. know and it's hard to be like oh i have i'm okay like my boss told me an example like pre like right before the pandemic we had like x amount of money in the bank account the governor said hey every 100 percent of non-essential employees have to go home well that affected me even though my job is an essential business, my job was not essential. I could perform it from home. So originally I got laid off and he's like, oh. it's okay. We got, we got money in the bank. And then uh, something happened and it was, it drained the account. So like they just happened to have something happen and it, it took out the whole account and he's like, I've got no liquid. So yeah, like scary spot to find yourself in. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So I mean, listen, he's a very brilliant man. He figured it out and uh service at my job was able to stay open. So it was it was okay. Now what uh We're besides back. talking to Dolores, what what is your nine to five? I wear a lot of hats, but uh I work at a car dealership. Uh it's two brands. And then I do some extra work for uh some companies on the side. That's my nine to five. What a way to make a living. Not a fan, uh, I take it? Not your childhood dream? Uh, <laughs> that's not how I drew it up. Uh, I do marketing and advertising for them, and I built my own department, and I'm oh, congrats. successful in my own right. Thank you. They they didn't have that position. I interviewed for something else, and then they hired me to do this. I've been there for five years, over five years. So it's pretty good. I mean, it's had its highs and lows, but you know, they made they made a department to hire me. And then let me run the department. So now I take it in. It's something that I've kind of seen grow more as like, hey, this is the good idea here. Over the past couple of years, people are not really seeing their their jobs as like, this is me. This is something I'm passionate about. It's more like it's something you do to survive. And then you pursue your other passions. It was a hard lesson that I had to learn because I am somebody. I like to think I'm a pretty smart guy. I like to think that I have pretty good ideas, mm-hmm. but in my life, I always found people that were smarter or who other people saw potent- more potential in. Uh, I always was kind of like, like I was the smartest person in the regular classes. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Like they were sure. like, my guidance counselor was like, now CJ, you're not going to do good if you go to AP. But you're falling asleep in the regular classes. So what are we going to do? And what we're going to do is you're going to stay in the regular classes. And then like not paying attention, I got like a, like an A average, right? Just like I'm falling asleep in algebra. And the teacher's like, now you try and pass this test right now because you fell asleep. And I'm like, you got it. All right. There there you go. Yeah. Easy done. Let me go back to bed. Uh. And so I would like really dive into projects. Like mm-hmm. I was really into the school newspaper and I was really into like I was, I did a lot of art classes back then. I was really into it and I really put all my energy in it. It was my, my passion, which is kind of like a gross word when you yeah. look up what passion actually means. But I would go to work and I would be like, I'm passionate about what I do. And then something would happen that is just a normal work thing. It's like, okay, this person's a jerk. 
or this person sucks or this didn't go mm-hmm. your way or whatever happens or someone's in a bad mood and they take it out on you. And because that was my passion, I took that home with me. Oh yeah. Like, easy to carry that. I'd be like, Oh no, man, this is eating me alive. And so I had a moment probably like two or three years ago where it was right around the time that CC and I kind of started doing video stuff for the first time. And I was like, okay, this is not my passion. I like what I do. I want to be good at it. I want to be the best, but it's not my passion. I can take, I can put this down at five o'clock and I can go home and I don't have to think about it. I can come back tomorrow because that's what everyone else does. Yeah. You know, most, most people are like, why are you getting so worked up about it? And it's like, well, I care. It's like, they, they care too, but I, you <laughs> know, not like as much. I, it's a lesson I had to learn. It's a lesson. A lot of young people have to learn. Unfortunately, I, I'm not that much older than mm-hmm. people, but it's something that you come out of college and you're like, yes, this is really important. And it really matters. It's like what you do can be important and it can really matter. But the minutia of it is not something you have to go at a hundred percent. So my methods always been, I'll put my head down, go straight through the wall. I'll work harder than everybody else. Right. That's what I was getting at. It was like all oh, the smarter people. Right. Yeah. But I had to learn how to like balance that with like, also I need to be able to leave here and not spend my downtime worried about this and then put my, and put that energy quite frankly to things that are more in my control that are going to pay bigger dividends down the road. Yeah. Which is what we've been able to do. Fortunately. The, the starry eyed, like hopeful part of me is always like, Oh, I wish. Yeah. Hard work pays off. But I think as you kind of, grow up and you start to realize not necessarily not always so you kind of figure out that you're working towards somebody else's goal or dream like you're a piece in that organization and they want you to want to stay but you're really working towards somebody else's Mm -hmm. ultimate goals you know like there are bosses that are like i employ people so that 100 people can have a job and for some of them i believe it but most of them i'm like so you can get a hundred people so you can get that money. Mm-hmm. It's all about that cheddar, bud. Pretty much at the end of the day, you just try and sell it a little bit better. Yeah, and I think so. Did you go to college for something like this or did you uh, completely <laughs> go away from that major? I went to college for journalism because I was oh so invested in print journalism. I did a lot of writing. I wrote for a bunch of local papers. Um, as a student journalist or as like a student in college, um, I would basically write stories and then not get a byline. And that's really hard for an aspiring journalist because it's hard when you don't have a byline to put something in your portfolio. What's a byline? Sorry. I'm a byline. A, sorry. I can't no, read. So a byline illiterate. is uh, so uh, by CJ, it's all good. Oh, okay. Okay. So like I wasn't like I would write a story like, the county's oldest man turned 106 and I wouldn't get by CJ. It's all good. What is he like get, publisher it, or editor? Take the credit for it or something. Sort of. It was kind of like, Oh, this is a staff piece because I oh. didn't really work for them. 
Uh, and then they wouldn't pay you sometimes, or they'd be like, if this required a lot of editing, which is not something that would ever happen. No. Uh, or you'd go out and you'd take pictures and they wouldn't, they would, they'd run them and not pay you. And so I got burned out a little bit by that. But the real thing that happened was I'll never forget this. I went to school for journalism. I got my degree and I had a busy week that week. This is kind of crazy how well I remember this, but. I had an interview on Wednesday for a job at a marketing company. And what they did was they were an e-commerce company that sold nail fungus cream. Okay. And they were hiring I mean, I guess a content somebody has writer. To make it. Well, listen, they made a lot of fucking money doing it. Mm-hmm. So they, they, and they sold a bunch of other snake oil shit, but the nail <laughs> fungus cream actually worked. They sold like pheromone cologne, like, Oh yeah. This, so they're like, right. Be a content writer do customer support help and we'll teach you how to do marketing. And I was like, but my stepdad, uh, God rest his soul. He was like, take the interview. You're looking for a job. You you haven't had a job. Take the interview. If you don't want to do it, don't do it, but take the interview. Like Mm -hmm. show me that you want to do it. I'm like, okay. And he got that's that same attitude got me that job. And it got me the job I have now. So. Thank you, Kurt, for that. Um, so I had the interview, and I was like, I never had a job interview before. I didn't know what the yeah. I was doing. And it was fine. And I left, and I'm like, I'm not going to take that job. Friday, I graduated. It was my commencement ceremony. And they basically, we were in a room separated by our majors so you're with all the people that you went to classes with and everything and they're lining us up and there's a tv in the room that i'm in and it's breaking news jihadi john had beheaded somebody on television oh a journal a journalist and i was like hmm this is not for me (laughs) i like my head right where it is and I don't want to keep writing stories about the world's largest mylar balloon or the county's oldest man. Yeah. So something's got to give. I walked at graduation, got my degree. I took that. They called me on Friday, offered me the job. I took it. I started that job on Monday. Oh, that's so sudden. Like you almost want it to be like a year later that it's like, you know what? Maybe I don't <laughs> love this, but to immediately be like, this is worthless. <laughs> you know, and I still love it. Like I love journalism. Mm-hmm. I love interviewing people. I love writing. Uh, it's still a big part of my life. It, I mean, it has come in handy a lot as we do different kinds of writing. And it was a really fun time. And I got my degree and I'm happy that I went to college and got my degree and, and got the whole college experience out of it. But, you know, there was a point in my life where I was like, this has got to change. And I am happy to say it changed immediately and then it put me on the path I'm on now. So yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. It's kind of neat to see, yeah, the steps just line up in one way or another. And I, I would believe anyway that a journalism degree and a little bit of background that kind of led to what is Speed Docs now, right? Yeah, it, Speed Docs is a very interesting kind of story. I'd actually, um, if you don't mind retelling it, I would love to hear kind of how did that come to be? 
I mean, how did you meet CC? How did you guys yeah, decide, you yeah. know, let's make this big ass project? Because it seems like a lot of work. <laughs> All right. I'm going to, oh, this is your exclusive. I'm going <gasps> to tell you the Ooh. whole story. We've talked about it before, but I don't think I've ever told my whole perspective on it before. We did one episode where we kind of covered the whole history mm-hmm. on my show, but I'll, I'll tell you this story. So I met CC. What year was it? I I found speedrunning watching Clint Stevens during GDQ. So I would watch Clint Stevens during like the night, and I found GDQ was running at the same time. So he did like SM64, which I had never seen speedruns of before, and he wasn't really, really good at it. <laughs> um, Out of curiosity, yeah. do you have to know like how long ago? Is this like five, six years ago? or This would have been 2000 and uh, I believe either 16 or 17. Um, I think it might have been 17. That sounds about right. So I was watching in the summer. I was like watching my parents' house while they were on vacation. And I just put it up on the TV and I was just Mm -hmm. watching it. And I was just, oh, this is kind of cool. Everyone has this like story where they tell me I was so into it. I was kind of like, they're cheating. They're going through walls and shit. (laughs) What the fuck is this? It's like, I'm like, and then then there was a part of me for some games. I'm like, I can do that. Everyone has that humbling moment when you realize you can't do that. But I had, so I had that moment. Now, one day, another streamer who was way smaller got recommended to me. And that streamer uh, was Danimal Sounds. And I became a huge fan. And he had a much smaller, it was like, if Clinton had like 10,000 people watching him, Dan had like 30. But he played Mario Party, and I got into watching Mario Party speedruns. And he also speedrun Pokemon Snap. And so one of the mods in his chat was CC Neverender, mm-hmm. who is obviously um, the voice of Speed Docs, my business partner, and the, the other creative mind behind the show. And he and I uh, were talking, and I was like, you know, I kind of want to learn Snap. He was like, dope, do it. And I'm like, eh, eh, eh. you know, I don't know. I, I didn't need to be convinced, but I was yeah. like, eh. how do you speed run an on rail shooter? That's kind of my, <laughs> my outside perspective is like, yeah, it, it's on a rail. How's how like, instead well, of like not messing up, how can snap be that much different of a game? We can get to that in a bit, but let me, yeah, for let sure, me for tell sure. you the Let's speed story deck story. So, then CC and I started to hang out and talk and we kind of got became friends and I had this idea for a business and I have to unfortunately tell the story to get to the speed duck thing. Mm-hmm. I had an idea for a business where I would basically make a marketing company and help streamers kind of push their brands. It really didn't work. Um, it's a it good failed. idea in theory, I think. Yeah, but I, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I had a hard time, but CC was one of the people that, that signed up and, um, it quickly got away from me and it was whatever, but we had this idea for CC about how CC could grow his brand as a streamer. And he had wanted to make videos. And so the, the business was winding down. I was giving people their money back. I was like, this isn't really it. You know, like it wasn't really that great. And, 
we went and I went to him and he was like, you know, I'm thinking about making a video, but I don't really know how to do it. And so I had taken video production classes in college mm-hmm. and I'd done that whole thing. Cause it was sort of a, it was a communications degree is what I ended up getting. And I was like, no, I know how to video edit and I know how to graphic, I do graphic design and I draw because I did that in high school and I wrote, I know how to write because like green journalism and uh, always been a creative person. So I was like, okay, let me help you make this video. And it was, he wanted to make a video. It was, yeah. So I started in 2017 watching 2018 was the 10th anniversary of the original Pokemon Snap speedrun by Gia, which I believe was a 2408 or a 2402. And that was the original Pokemon Snap speedrun. Mm-hmm. The first one that we that had ever been recorded and uploaded. And he wanted to make a history video based on that. There was already summoning salt. And I said, okay, fuck it, let's do it. And he's like, well, aren't we stepping on summoning salt's toes? And I said, He's never going to make a video about Pokemon. <laughs> like, he's never going to do it. Mm-hmm. So what toes are we stepping on? So we made that video. We made it in a week. I won't forget it's that. Only we, made a that week? In sev- we made that in five days. From idea to final product, the original Snap video, which I think is on CeCe's channel still, if you can find it. Uh, we made that in five days. Oh, wow. And that process that we laid out is still more or less the process that we use today, which is mm-hmm. insane. Um, they take way longer now, by the way. But I figured. So we put that video out, and then he went to SGDQ 2018, which I was supposed to go, but my, my stepdad had gotten really sick. And so I didn't go. I was spending time with him. And it, blow, it blew up. We had like 400,000 views. And it was like a ridiculous success on CC's channel. Was there a, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, it's because I think YouTube, especially with long form content, it can be kind of really hard to push out there. Just get the algorithm to recognize it. Just mm-hmm. you can make something that's amazing, but if nobody hears about it, they'll never see it. So did yeah. you guys do anything special to push it out or is it just, hey, this is really <laughs> fucking good and people sharing it? It was ridiculous. It was a perfect conf- uh, It was a perfect confluence of circumstance. Um, it was GDQ and people were there and they were watching it. Oh, but it was also everything. Tw- yeah, it was also only twenty minutes, so it was really short. I mean, I mm. and CC's account was really old, and account age actually does matter a little bit, and it it really just hit its stride at the perfect time. Yeah, and so. We had said, we're not going to make another video. We're not going to make another video. This is it. This is our one. And I'm done doing businesses for a while. Mm -hmm. But then the video was really successful. And so we had a conversation like, okay, what do we want to do? Now, Speed Docs came about as an entity because CeCe's channel is not monetizable. Even this long and, later? Yeah. The, he had played... he His main speedrun back in the day was Command & Conquer Zero, General Zero Hour. Mm-hmm. And the he had... Basically, that music's copyrighted, and I believe he's of course. been banned from being able to monetize his channel because of all of his PBs and stuff. 
I think that's what it is. I could be getting that wrong, but there's a reason he can't monetize the channel. So we had to make a new channel, which obviously meant that the videos weren't going to get as many views. We were going to have to tell people where to find us. It was going to be mm-hmm. difficult. And I should and, already uh, have some like foundation built to just see it. Oh, mm-hmm. sorry. We have to leave that behind. That's got to suck. And I will never forget this, but there was two people who are prominent figures in speedrunning who came to us and said, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have made that snap video. Oh, and you, and you should have credited summoning salt and you should have told him you were doing this and you shouldn't make any more. What now people making their own history videos is very common now, mm-hmm. but there were only there was only one other example at the time, yeah, and that was the paper Mario one that Malio made. So, like, there just wasn't other people doing it, it was really him. I think Retro had made the, the Ocarina of Time ones, and Average Trey had made. The sunshine ones, but they are like, hey, we asked summoning salt for permission or or whatever it was. We didn't do that. So we got some flack. And that really was like, hey, nah, we're doing it now. <laughs> I love that you're not like, you know what, maybe they've got some a point. We should, you know what, back down. You're like, screw that. You don't own this. At, they were like, and I, and they're nice people. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I felt like they were like, okay, you shouldn't have been, you stepped in some shit. You shouldn't have done this. And it's like, the dude was never going to make a fucking Pokemon yeah, Snap right? video, ever. And if you look at the videos we've done, all of them are videos he was never going to do. Mm-hmm. Some of them, for fact, are videos he said he didn't want to do. <laughs> right? Like, that he went and they were like, hey, will you do a video? And he's like, I'll look into it. And then he wasn't interested. That's not a knock on the guy. Right, yeah. And he does more for the con- speedrun content than, like, anybody else, obviously. Yeah, he's definitely, and he makes, almost everybody and he, knows something salt. He's the mainstream example. He's the mainstream representation. Mm-hmm. It's not like anybody's gotten close with continued success. People get one video with 10 million views. Or, or whatever, they'll get one video. So, Speedox came about because the idea was we're only going to do videos that he will never do, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the original plan. So, what did we do? We did Fable the Lost Chapters, which was a game CC speed ran. We did the Minish Camp, which is the worst selling Game Boy, <laughs> sorry, the worst selling Zelda game of all time. But our buddy Quo happened to have written a script already. Um, we had done when we did Tony Hawk Underground. We did Snap Hundred Percent. Those were our first videos, and I, we did those because we knew them. I almost you know, like this is, more what? because uh, you're giving inclusivity to games that might not get recognition. Like, I guess for example, a lot of what people think of speed games is like Mario 64, just big Nintendo titles where not a lot of the the smaller games get a lot of recognition, even if there's a decent amount of runners with it. Yeah. 
and his early videos were very much like the blue chip games, but they were stories that he knew. Mm-hmm. Right. You have to start with what you know, and then you can go branch out a little more. Right. Of course. So. And what's his best video? If you ask someone who saw what his favorite video is, he'll tell you it's the quest to beat Matt Turk, which is a story he's intimately familiar with because mm-hmm. he's a punch out guy. And it's a great video. So all that to be said, and people are like, will you compare, do you compare yourself to him? No, no, sorry to, sorry to ruin that for no. y'all. We don't have, I don't have a picture of the guy on my wall. I don't throw dorks <laughs> at it. It's like, he's doing his thing. And I watch his videos when they come out and we're doing our thing. And people can like both. Comparison is the thief of joy. True. You know? And we make a lot of friends along the way doing it. And I wanted to do, I didn't want to just do speed docs. I didn't want to do speed docs to become a YouTuber and to become right famous or rich. I wanted to do it because I like video editing and I like telling a story where I don't have to talk. Right. So there's the CC story that he's narrating and we help write the script and together. And then he does the narration, but I get to tell a story that you can only see. And I like the challenge of that. Mm -hmm. I, I that's, you know, telling an interesting visual story is something that I work really hard on. Um, and I've gotten better over time. Thank God. <laughs> but good. I, I just think, uh, and I'm giving you definitely major props. It's very hard to make something that engaging over like 15 minutes. I think you, uh, Ricky, Summoning Salt, you all do it very well. There's just yeah. no real contest. And the, the effort you put in really shows for it. There's a lot of great content creators that make speedrun content now. You know, um, Lois I guess you have anyone you want to shout cool out? Stuff. Yeah. Uh, lowest percent, Abyssoft. Um, he just did a video recently about, well, he, he's done a lot of Mario Kart videos, but he just did one recently about Obama skip and the new Pokemon. Oh, I did snip. see the Obama skip video. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a weird video, but it was good. I mean, he makes good stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of great content creators, you know, and, and I don't think that any one of us takes away from the other right? The existence of more of us adds to the overall zeitgeist and gets more people involved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I remember we had this thought where it was like, I want to start a podcast. And I started one and we didn't get any traction. We kind of stopped it after a few episodes. That was eight years ago. If I had kept doing it eight years ago, I'd be Adam Carolla. Right. It's just like you just the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second mm-hmm. best time is right now. So but that's how Speed Dogs got started. And, um, you know, CC and I put in a lot of work. It was a lot of bumps along the way. My stepdad, right before Fable was set to come out. Uh, my stepdad had died and he passed away in August, the end of August. And the video hadn't come out yet. And I remember I was in the store and he, we needed to buy a tie for him for the the week. And I was in the store and I remember I got a text from CC YouTube gaming had clipped the end of the Pokemon snap video we had done on his channel and they had tweeted it out that day. And he wrote, and he sent me a, a message on discord that says, we did it, bud. 
and uh it was a very touching moment well, especially on oh, such a i mean yeah. obviously i'm sorry to hear about your your stepdad passing but to get a little bit of yeah. just relief especially when everything's so morbid that's heartwarming a little bit i suppose yeah, it's really weird to think of how big Speed Docs and Speed Docsathon and Speedrun Insider are in my life. Mm-hmm. And that my entire life that I lived with my stepdad, he was that was that all of that stuff exists after he died. Do, so it's very interesting. Do the people in your life know like what you do outside of work? Like your coworkers, <laughs> they know <clears throat> about Speed um, Docs and your family? So some of my coworkers know. I mean, it's a full-time gig, man. This is the Speed Docs office I'm in right now, believe it or not. Um, there's a whole other section down there. Oh, I won't show it because it's super dirty. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we make all the videos in here. Uh, it, it's I probably work down here like, you know, like six hours every night doing Speed Docs-related stuff. I mean, it's a lot of work. Do you guys I mean, collab in person on actual uh, video editing and stuff? So CC lives uh, in Texas. Oh, okay. So he lives Definitely in Houston. I live in New York. But our our third partner, uh, Jr. Shout out to Jr. He does the editing for the podcast. He does our taxes and stuff. Uh, that's his his desk is over there. So we he helps me a lot with editing stuff. Like as like an assistant, he like compiles stuff. It takes a while to kind of download everything and. He's also a pretty decent graphic designer and illustrator, so usually he does a lot of the kind of like the base work. If you look in the videos, he's always credited as uh, Tamar Seven Eleven. I remembered. What is so, it? It's Tamar Seven Eleven. That's okay. his username. So yeah, but he's uh he helps on every single production. So we do a lot of collaborating, me and him, because yeah. we live in the same town. I mean, but... Luckily, the internet's pretty decent. Yeah, we've had a lot of workarounds for stuff like that. So, oh, especially oh, yeah, about videos and stuff. That that's got to be huge files, just always constantly back and forth. <laughs> but well, you guys make it yeah. work. We do our best. You know, we try. Mm-hmm. Now, I what's your thoughts? Because obviously, you know, you're a speedrunner yourself. What I do am? you think about you know actual just streaming and running uh, compared to content creation? Do you have one that you kind of favor more? Or they can they coincide simultaneously? I've so this is a really good question. There is a level of performance for me when the light is on, mm-hmm. right? So, like the camera's on, I'm on. You're getting a performance, you're getting the character of CJ. That's what you're getting. You're not really getting me, you're kind of getting a heightened version of me that tells jokes and is quick on the fly and, you know, always knows kind of the funny thing to say and has funny stories and, you know, is personable and talks directly to the audience. And that's sort of a, a elevated experience overall. And most mm-hmm. people do perform in that way when they're on camera or when they're being recorded. Yeah, I have that when I'm around other people, period. Like when other people are around me, I like turn into like I'm doing jokes, I'm doing material, I'm telling stories. So one for me, I find I'm really comfortable in groups of like a bunch of people. 
Okay. Put me in a room of a thousand people on a stage and I'll do a comedy set. So for me, streaming is really impersonal and it's oh. I'm acting right. And I'm being mm-hmm. a character. I'm being funny. You know, content creation is me and my thoughts, especially the editing part, trying to reconcile what I see as the video in my head or my mind or what I feel like I can do versus what I'm able to do. And how do those two things, because those are two different videos. Mm -hmm. You know, I see the video in my head. My brother, this is a great analogy. My brother is a carpenter and he always tells me he'll go to some beat down old ramshackle hut in the sticks. It's on a well. It's fucking falling apart. <laughs> it's floor to ceiling cat crap in the corner. Yeah. Right? The, 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 the drywall's died, gone. It's got water damage. And he's like, all right, I can work with this. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's a rundown, you know, <laughs> shanty. And he says, when brother, when I look at the house, I see the house. You see a rundown pile of crap. I see the house. And so I've always thought about that because he's also not a very eloquent guy um, in general. Perhaps but deeper to you back- than it means to him. <laughs> yeah. So I, I see the video. Like when we're working on it, I start thinking about it. I'm like, okay, I see it. I can see the video now. Right. And then reconciling that process is a very internal thing. It's very raw. It's like kind of it's not emotional in the way that's like I'm not weeping while I'm doing it, but it yeah. is it's an emotional problem that you kind of have to solve. Like you have to figure this out with just yourself and then show it to other people after you went through that whole process and show that to other people and have them understand what you saw or what you were going for. And does it translate? And sometimes it doesn't translate and you're back to the drawing board. So I find streaming and speedrunning to be very impersonal, like experiences, and it's just a matter of whether I want to have people like whether I want to do that. You know, that's so I interesting to hear. Yeah, because you you seem like a very animated, very uh, personable individual. <laughs> so like, it seems like it's simultaneously you, but it's also a conflict of who you are. Because yeah, <laughs> I guess it maybe you're just exaggerate i don't know if that's the right word but everything everybody's online like there are people that are their genuine selves and i Mm -hmm. really believe that the person that they're putting forward is themselves i'm not saying that i'm not being authentic because i yeah yeah try to be a very genuine person but this isn't this is me on 11 Mm -hmm. right when i go to work and I'm talking to my boss, that's also me on an 11 on a, in a different way, right? But when I'm just alone, it's just like, eh. mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not doing shtick in the park. <laughs> yeah. you know? So is so. it exhausting for you to stream? Because that's kind of what I would think if, you're, if you feel like you're putting on a show kind of thing. Uh, it can be. It can be exhausting. It's, but it's also, that's me all the time. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm doing a podcast, that's also kind of a performance or when I'm in a group of a thousand people, right. Or a or hundred people when I'm at GDQ and I'm holding court in the hotel room, that's a performance. That's not really. Wait, I'm sorry. Did I just hear holding court in the hotel room? 
oh yes, I gather my friends and I I steal at someone's chair and then I tell stories and we drink wine, <laughs> so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, no, it's like those are those are extensions of me, but it's not me, right? Yeah, it's hard to explain, but it's like it's also kind of like protecting yourself, right? I think I, I can it's understand like, that. Plus, you want to almost impress, put on a your best. I don't know Ace. that I'm trying to impress, but I am. I'm trying to make people have fun and laugh mm-hmm. and be relaxed. You know, it's like when you're when you grow up and you're a, like a taller guy and you're you know you got big beard and you know you're maybe mm-hmm. you intimidate people. You know, even if you're not doing anything intimidating, sometimes just being a guy alone in a room with someone who's smaller than you—that's intimidating. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like. Hey, um, whatever. I'm put everyone at ease, you know, make everyone feel a little more comfortable. I guess. Yeah. But that is, it is exhausting. I mean, it is tiring and uh, I couldn't do it all day. Like there are people for that sure. stream for a living. Nah, but that does seem hard. It, especially like it's eight also, hours plus. Oof. It's also not personal for me. It, I, it's not a, how do I say this? I don't have like, it's not a very personal interaction when I'm like, this is way more personal because it's one-on-one. But if it's 10 people watching and like, I don't draw in a bunch of viewers, but if there's like 10 people watching, it's like, I'm just broadcasting. It's like, whoever's out there listening, you're listening to it. You know, it's like, not my fault. (laughs) So, or it's not my, but whoever shows up, shows up. So this kind of a, a, a nice easing thought as well. I think, and it's really easy. I mean, Twitch promotes it so much is like you can kind of get caught up in analytics. So to then even want to put on a better performance is just this shit can be draining for sure. Yeah, I I honestly, once I decided I was never gonna be a pro streamer, my life got so much easier. <laughs> Sometimes it's like harsh, so much better. Yeah, realities. <laughs> but uh, so. Are there any videos that you've done with Speed Docs that you kind of want to do a part two or anything that you're like, oh, the history's changed enough that we want a sequel? We did part twos. We did a part two for Fable and we did a part two for Minish Cap. And it confused people and it kind of felt like it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of felt like it was a miss. Now, People like to PB after we put the video out. Um, that is the curse of the video. Of production. course. Um, so that's why you should never say that a run will never be beaten. Uh, in general, I have a video that I would like to do over. Is but I I think I know. Is it the unlisted one? <laughs> Because I really want to see it. So, you know, maybe I'll, I'll ask you after this, but. I I don't want to get too deep into mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I didn't want to really bring too much attention either. So if you know that if you are you listening, the viewer, no, not you, the guy behind you. Yeah, him. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you want to know what we're talking about, I'm not going to go into specifics, but what I'll say is. I was approaching that video with a unique problem in so far that I had to tell it. We had to tell a story 
about we had to find a way to tell a story about a world record history when there was only one person. And the story is interesting. Like the 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 grind was interesting. And it was our most popular video when we took it down. But the presentation of those facts was very much glorifying somebody as a human, deifying them in a way, and very complimentary to them as a person in ways which I feel uncomfortable with now. And I was a fan of the person Mm -hmm. I watched every stream. And I was aware of the controversy until the different context got put onto it. When it was an when it was an exomarital affair, I was like, okay, he's a bastard, right? And he's a bastard that's fast at video game. Favorite video game. It's my favorite speed run. And I'm gonna watch the speed run, right? Yeah. And I just know he's a bastard. <clears throat> when it became forced and it became a a a, a condemnation, uh, like, hey, this person is saying that you you raped them and it wasn't a consensual affair well then i felt that i didn't feel comfortable leaving it up in that space Mm -hmm. if i could tell that story again i wouldn't because i don't know how you make that video without a main character i don't know how you make that video without a hero right now i'd love to make another video about video game because it's more than just him and it always was and it always will be and there's other angles that we could explore but ultimately as a content creator your goal is to tell stories that people are going to respond to when it when the information came of became available we made a decision as soon as i got off of work and i dragooned every single mod that we had and I was like, we need to talk about this. We need to talk. The business partners all got involved. We made the business decision, which was against our best interest, to take it down. I don't want praise for that. Right. But I'm saying we did the right thing, and it was the hard thing for us to do. And, you know. You put that many hours and, like, just you put a lot of work into these. So, clearly. That video to took down five like, months to make. Five months of work and drop it down a little bit of praise isn't anything in comparison so i don't want i don't want anyone to be like oh i'm looking for that that old no, cj compliment you lose more by taking it down so i was like okay like this is what and and you know it it's hard mm-hmm. and we and we were getting comments that were like why haven't you done it already and we've had a few controversial mm-hmm. things over the years. And I'll say that every time that something comes up, people are like, why don't you do the super obvious thing? Why are you getting these things wrong? It's like, I'm a marketer. <laughs> this guy works as a customer service at a grocery store. That guy's a long haul trucker. And this guy's a shoe salesman. We're not qualified to make these decisions. Right. We're doing the best we can. It's going to take us a couple of hours sometimes to figure out what the best thing is. And we ask a lot of people 
Um, after that, we introduced a role in our community of people that you can go to if someone makes you feel uncomfortable. They're not a mod. They are just dedicated. They're people to help, and they have the ability to overrule me and all the mods, and we call them ombudsmen, but they just keep us honest. Makes a good people balance, too. Compass. Not give them a like, power position, keeps us true neutral, and keeps my I mean, mods, people in My check. mods work for me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're so these are people that don't work for me that are have their own agency and have my permission to tell me to, you know, go screw or <laughs> hey, your judgment's wrong or, you know, and it was people, it was about finding people that people could trust. So, you know, a lot, a lot of good things came out of that for us, which is really weird to say. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it was a lot of, it was, it was a, it was a difficult situation in general. As anything, it's like a learning curve. You have these steps that ultimately make things better, which is good. Yeah. But I guess I'll uh, I'll try and transition away from that for now. And upcoming, and we t- talked about just a little bit, is the second speed dockathon, which submissions yes. just kind of closed for that, right? And you're getting the schedule together. Yes, yes, the second speed dockathon, SDAT. Uh, submissions closed, I think, last week. So that was pretty fun. It was good. It was a good uh, lot of submissions, a lot of good stuff. And we're working on confirming the schedule. <laughs> that seems like the hard part for sure. Because a bunch well, of different people, all with their own lives, seems a little rough. Well, the hardest thing... Most marathons put out the schedule and then you're like, if you got a problem, call us, Mm -hmm. right? I don't do that because one, I have to convert everyone's time from their local time. Yeah. So it's like, hey, I'd love to do a run. I'm in Australia. I can do. And I'm like, you'd be perfect for 2 a.m. Then I'm like, man, I can't do math. Just let me convert it. And then I go to everybody one at a time. Which is unusual in general and i'm like hey does this time on this day for this run work for you and then they tell me yes or no if they tell me no i'm like okay Mm -hmm. let me find a new place for you because this won't work for you so uh we're at that stage of it right now we have a great schedule if it holds up but yeah no it's uh we're looking to raise some money. It's gonna be a it's it's for a good cause it's for all hands and hearts, and uh, I'm hoping it goes well. I already have heartburn from it, so <laughs> got a long way to go. Just as a uh, you know, for more promo purposes and stuff, what is all hands and hearts? Uh, they are an organization which, the way that I describe it to people, they are committed to whatever the current disaster is. So COVID, they all they went all in on the COVID relief mm-hmm. or. You know, California wildfires, they're out in California. The Texas freeze, they had a they had a continuing mission in Texas. You know, they're still doing Katrina work. You oh know, wow. How many years later? Sixteen years later. A lot. They they're building schools in Tibet. So they're committed to whatever the current disaster is of the moment. And one of the things that we got feedback on from the original was that St. Jude's a great charity, but it's not international. So someone who lives in Europe, they're like, I don't really want to donate because this money is not helping anything Mm -hmm. near me. So I'm like, okay, international, you got it. 
And I also want to make sure that the money is going towards actual programs. So we had a long, exhaustive search. Mm -hmm. We had it down to two, and then we nailed it down to one. Uh, They had to be integrated with Tiltify to make sure that everybody gets a receipt that they can write off on their taxes. Mm -hmm. We had to make sure that we didn't touch the money. So, you know, it was a, it was a good search. It was a long search. We, we finally found the, uh, the charity that I think is right for us. It's almost a shame that you have to do so much background research just to find a charity that's actually putting <laughs> money towards charitable things. Or just find the right charity for you. You yeah. know, it's, uh, you know, like I, we could have picked the big one, but you know, I'm happy you're picking a smaller charity mm-hmm. where I know, Hey, the money is going to go to the people that need it the most. Now, since this is your second time, are there any other like major learning lessons that the first one kind of gave to you that you're hoping to do better this time around? Uh, so we did the original estat and the things that I learned were, I need more volunteers because we didn't have enough. Mm -hmm. Um, I learned about the limits of how long I can talk because I had these (laughs) super long hosting sessions. We did a mini event in April and I, I'm fine telling this story. I got my first COVID vaccine in March. It was the end of March. Mm-hmm. And they're like two weeks, right? So I got my jab. Uh-oh. Got that jab. And then they, I'm like, okay, well, when is the second COVID? And they're like, I'm like two weeks, right? They're like, no, we're booked. What? I'm like, you're booked? I'm like, yeah, uh, you can come back in in four weeks. I was like, that doesn't okay. work out great. That was the first day of launch party. Oh, and I had to host that night. So I got it at eight in the morning, worked in eight. It was the second one, too, which makes mm-hmm. you tired as hell. So I got the I got the second jab at 8 a.m., worked an eight hour day, came home and hosted. I collapsed at 1130. I, I was Ugh. dead tired. But if you go back and listen, I was all energy. Like back to the performance thing, right? Mm-hmm. I was like not gonna let anyone know I was tired. So as soon as the mic went off and we were watching the the Wind Waker video, I passed right out. So Oh, that sounds just awful. I'm amazed you didn't just like, hey, can you take today? <laughs> uh oh, but last minute too, you know, that's hard to try yeah. and go through all that. Did you have a, like any major flakes or anything that I, I shouldn't say flakes, but people that their <laughs> schedule didn't work out to their scheduled time? Oh boy, did we! <laughs> that would be the biggest like, shit. What do I do? Kind of scramble last second, especially. They all had very good reasons, so mm-hmm. I won't call them flakes. But at the at launch party, which was the little one that we did, we had five volunteers back out two days beforehand. And that made everyone's life hell. Ugh. I think, I think Quo is the, the head that he's the lead tech. He's also a very good friend uh, and a speed docs adjacent person. Mm-hmm. Um, and does a lot of work for us and a lot of great stuff. And he, I think he did all of one day by himself. Like it's a lot of restreaming. And he just basically was like, all right, I'm doing it. I got to, I, I have to. Yeah. We had two hosts back out. I ended up taking their hosting shifts. Oh God. During S that too. On top I of had your that. own. Yeah. So, um, 
we've had runners drop out too with no notice. You just kind of you're doing it on the fly. Mm-hmm. At that point, it's like okay, they had to go for their own reason, and it's fine. You know, respect people when they tell you what they need. You know, I was pissed I didn't get more notice, but whatever. Next man up, we just start doing other runs. I guess like, all right, well, we got to find a run. It's a runner. Yeah, it's like all right, who can do a speed run that lasts an hour? Hello? All right, everyone. I was like, all right, I got mine. Okay, <laughs> CJ's up. CJ's gonna do Nick Car Racers two or whatever. So, you know, you just you, you learn that you have to be flexible because things are gonna go wrong, and the tree that doesn't bend breaks. So, be flexible. Prepare. For, hope for the best. Prepare for the worst. I always over prepare, and you'll be fine. Are you? Uh, so I guess did you stress during it, or is it just kind of like you know what we're we're dealing with it? Oh, but both a little I, bit of both. I don't sleep at all until we're Oof. done. Yeah, like I at the original, I was like I would pass out, but I was never like oh I'm gonna go get my to sleep as I lay my head on the no wasn't <laughs> happening. I was super stressed. I'm stressed now. I'm stressed now asking people just to confirm their availability because yeah. any glitch is like, what am I going to do? Or the, the schedule doesn't look great or, you know, and I've seen so many marathons that they just put people where they can put people. And I'm like, that's, and they're doing the best job they can. And a lot of marathons do that. And a lot of mm-hmm. marathons do a great job doing it, but I am not do. I want good sections. I want good blocks. I want, people that I believe can raise money and I want to put them in the best position to raise money possible. Are you single-handedly doing all the scheduling, by the way? Yes. (laughs) Uh, I bounce ideas off of a few people, but most of the time I'm like, I tried delegating some of this stuff out. Either way seems rough because yeah, like too many hands on one thing like that. You can have overlapping times. It could be, a nightmare but doing it solo also seems like a nightmare well doing it solo at least i know what i did mm-hmm. it's like hey did you reach out to scoozy boozy uh no why didn't you do that i asked you if you would do that i don't know why i didn't do it i just didn't do it okay can you reach out to him now please <laughs> maybe this this runs tomorrow like, why? <laughs> he's not here so, you know, I it, I'll learn to trust again. We we do bounce ideas off of other people, like I like Sable we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, she she gets a lot of my midday rants and my my picadillos, and she's told me a million times the schedule looks great. Um, I don't believe her ever. Quo uh, <laughs> looks at the schedule. Cece looks at the schedule, but. But for the most part, most of like almost all of the planning stuff mm-hmm. is uh, me and Quo. Now ballpark, so, I guess. Do you? How many people are you reaching out to for Estat Twenty One? Uh I believe there are about sixty-three Estat Twenty One runners. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. So a lot know, of balls to juggle. A little bit, a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's also seven days. We've never done something for seven days. Oh wow! Is it twenty four seven uptime as well? No, 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 no. So oh, we, okay. we, I felt like 
the 24 seven thing was really rough and it was hard on everybody. Mm-hmm. And if some, if a volunteer dropped out at three in the morning, you had to get up. You know, oh yeah. And to... how would you even know if you're sleeping kind of thing? So it was very stressful and people aren't watching at four in the morning and the runs that were, we were putting at four in the morning, you know, they were, some of them were really good. Some of them weren't, you know, no one wants to really do a run at four in the morning. Right. You know, unless you're in the EU or in Australia. Mm-hmm. So we, I was like, and it's hard on everybody. So I was like the marathon go, everyone wants to watch until 2 p 2 AM Eastern. That's when everyone's watching. Then you lose people. So why don't we just end when we're about to lose people anyway? Makes sense. That's when I go to bed. That's Get when I stop watching GDQ. That's when I stop watching ESA around 2 a.m. I'm like, this is right. fine. This has been enough. Yeah. So now, would you mind if we take just like a, a second break? I, yeah, uh, absolutely. Drinks going through me. Sure. I uh, am going to take a break as well. All right, just going to take a slight second to say, hey, you should subscribe to the YouTube if you're not already. The podcast is also on Spotify and iTunes, so be sure to check it out everywhere. Welcome back. Welcome back. Just as an aside, uh, it is actually coffee. I I was joking about the bourbon (laughs) thing earlier. Uh, I also have Diet Coke in here, so. Perfect. Ugh. What was I do 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 do? I always like to have a little bit of a, a path here, and I feel like I t- I could talk to you for like three hours. So I'm gonna try and push on to <laughs> a little bit more about your speed running history as well. Uh, we talked about a little bit earlier how you start off with Mario Party, kind of evolved into Snap, uh, and from watching uh, who was it, Danimals, Danimals, right? Danimal sounds, yeah, yeah. How is running Mario Party and? Like, cause it seems like so random. Like you do mini games maybe faster, but they're still on the timer, aren't they? So I did Mario Party three, which was a six hour speed run. Ooh. And I did story mode, which meant that you had to do every board mm-hmm. and you had to do every dual map in the story mode in succession. So it was a six hour run. When I started speedrunning. I was conscious of the fact that I would get really discouraged if I had to rely on my hands to do stuff. Okay. So I tried to pick games where it was like, okay, it's not a really precise glitch. It's not really precise movement or tricks. It's more about like, you have to go here, you have to go to this Stuckies, and you have to go to this Wawa, and then as long as you get to the end, you're okay. So, and it wasn't because I didn't feel like I could execute. It was like, I feel like I have stupid hands. Fair. I, I have no confidence in my ability to, to platform or whatever, and I knew that would be really discouraging, so I tried to focus early on about stuff that didn't really have glitches. Like, Mario Party, for the most part, no glitches. There's a really weird wrong warp that you can get on Mario Party 3 where you warp to the end. Oh. And there's three Waluigi's. Like, it's bizarre that there's a <laughs> wrong warp in a Mario Party game. But, um, and the videos are, are really cool. But it's like, eh, you know, whatever. 
it's also really luck dependent. So I never felt bad if I didn't get a PB because I'm like, ah, the RNG got me. Yeah. Eh. You know, you could also be 30 minutes ahead and lose every second of it. So it's the good with the bad. But those runs were also to help me get used to streaming. Like streaming for six hours at a time got me more used to being on camera and on the microphone and trying to talk for six hours and not trying to do like a let's player thing where it's like, whoa, what's this? Oh, I'm going to hit this button. Like, you know, just like finding my my streaming voice i take it did you start streaming as a way to record your speed runs then um i used to i used to stream doing uh like PUBG. oh really uh, stuff like that yeah and i just kind of streamed whatever i wanted to i wanted to get into it because i was like this is this looks fun you know Mm -hmm. and it looks like a way to to do other things did you have nostalgia uh, for mario party or was it just like you saw it it looked kind of cool I played a lot of Mario Party 3 and it was a game that you could play that you didn't need other people to play with you mm-hmm. to have a lot of fun. Like Mario Kart's the same way. I speed run a lot of Mario Kart because nobody would play with me. None of my, <laughs> you- no, none of my siblings would play with me. So I spent a lot of time doing time trials and, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to beat my own time. So Mario Party was kind of the same thing. It's like, oh, I'm trying to see how bad I can run up the score on the the AI, you know, so, or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, I think most of my speed games kind of revolve around the idea that I don't need to be perfect, that my hands are not going to ruin it for me because my stupid right. fingers and that I played them or I play games like them when I was a kid. Cause I could play by myself. Like I never really got into smash that much, although I liked it. Because I didn't have anyone to play with. Which you know, is lob- oh, incredible to me that like you flirted so much with it. You have double dash and you'd flirt around with Mario Party, <laughs> but no no melee. And I'm like, oh I played all the event matches in melee. I did mm-hmm. all I locked all the characters and everything, and then I'm like, Hey, do you do you want to play? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So there's a lot of games that I played, a lot of campaign driven games that I played and you know, that I would like to speed run, but they kind of have glitches or things that you have to execute on. And I'm like, it's not really my get down. So now, I don't speed run too much anymore, but that's sort of like my, is this a game CJ will speed run? Mm-hmm. It has to meet those criteria. I think that's uh that's kind of interesting because a lot of people tend to gravitate towards, I like the high skill ceiling. I like to be competitive. And so just, yeah, if I can have fun with it, that's a fresh take for sure. I don't care if I'm good at any of these games (laughs) at all. Like, you know, and I, I, I'm competitive, but I'm competitive with myself. Mm -hmm. I want to beat my own time. I don't really care if I beat anyone else's time. And I say that. And I mean that until I got to a game where I was like, Oh, I can beat everybody on this leaderboard. Mm -hmm. And skunk them. What was and it? And be good at the game. It was Nick Car Racers 2, which oh, I am a little bit okay. ashamed of. I am a little bit ashamed of that. Uh, they're really good, and the time trials people could whip my ass if they ever decided to do the full game speedruns. Uh, uh, so, I kind of looked into it a little bit. It looks actually pretty cool. How does it compare to like a Mario Kart? 
Someone came into my chat one time and said, this Nick Curry Search 2 is better than in every single way to a Mario Kart game. If if it had voice acting, it would be much it would be better than Mario Kart. And I said, Do you think the best part of Mario Kart is the voice acting? Yeah, right. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> I'm a Wario. I'm a gonna what Baby the fuck are you time. To? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> really yeah. gets me going. <laughs> what are you doing? So I I I think it's a fine game. It's way better than the first one, and the first one's garbage. (laughs) That game is unplayable. I'm never playing that first one again. The second one is an improvement. The items don't feel fair. Uh, I think that Mario Kart is the perfection of kart racing, so it's hard. Like, how do you compare anything to to the best thing? Yeah, true. How do you compare, you know, like homemade cola to coca-cola you know it's like it's it's unrealistic expect uh you know expectation now curiously your hot take here what's the best mario kart then because you've kind of done them all right uh i have played all of them i have done speed runs of four of them i didn't really play the wii one the wii one is like the one of people of a certain age Mm -hmm. they had the wii they played the i didn't have the wii um I went from a GameCube to a 360, and I had a PS2. Which in I think there is the the, the good process. That's kind of mine as well. So I went Double Dash is a really great casual game, but it's and the time trials are amazing, but fuck that speed run. <gasps> Why the items are are awful, and oh. they're brutal, and they are. <laughs> It makes me want to die. If the, if someone in the double dash speedrunning community sees that you're playing all cup tour, they'll be like, "I'm sorry. Please <laughs> play time trials. Time trials is good. Play mm-hmm. time trials. All cup tour is awful." And I like time trials, but I also like doing the full game speedrun. Mario Kart 64 makes my thumb swell three times its normal size. So, and that's just poor circulation and the N64 controller. Yeah. My favorite one to speedrun is Mario Kart 8 because really? you can turn the items off. Yeah. 8 Deluxe, you can turn the items off and then you're just gaming. You just do the whole thing and it's fun. It's okay. kind of a comfy, Yeah, I guess that would be nice. I was going to say, casually anyway, 8 drives me crazy. The items <laughs> feel terrible, like a little bit of catch up mechanics, stuff like that. So I'm like, if I'm playing with friends, I'm like, I want to play Double Dash for sure. Double Dash is a great casual game. Mm-hmm. And th- they all pretty much are. Uh, eight is a little b- bonkers with the items. So I'm I get what, I get where you're terrible at 64, as it turns out, which was a harsh reality because <laughs> I thought I was good as a kid. And then, like when I started uh, speed running streaming, uh, I I tried. I was like, oh, let's let's race a few of the like. Uh, BK guys, they were all about it for a little bit, and oh my god, like Dossie's insane. Uh, <laughs> I played against him, and I got like a a fifty for all cups, no skips, and he got like a low forty or something. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. yep, this is impossible. Not doing that. <laughs> I don't remember what time I ended up with when I stopped doing Mario Kart sixty four, but 
I remember thinking I'll come back and improve this because I had a <laughs> I had a crazy run. Mm-hmm. Famous last words. I will be back one day. I love seeing that on leaderboards, like a PB mm. posted two years ago or something. I'll improve it soon. <laughs> My cat is making a cameo appearance. I see. I was gonna ask, what's the fluffy friend's name? Uh his name is Buddy. I named him Buddy so that I didn't have to remember another name. <laughs> I'm like, yo, Bud. Bud, come here, come here, buddy. What are you doing? You know, so is he a homie cat was, or is he kind of just do his own thing? He's he's really awesome. Um, he doesn't meow. Really? Uh, he's super. He's really quiet. Um, he he kind of squeaks if he needs something. <laughs> I found out meowing is a learned behavior. Really? And he le- and he left his mother and his siblings too young, so he oh. didn't learn how to meow. Oh. Also, cats don't meow to other cats they only meow at humans oh is it to get your attention or something i i take it i think that they're mocking me talking or something (laughs) i don't know but i got buddy and uh i mean apart from being a furry little asshole where he just gets fur everywhere Mm -hmm. you know he's pretty fun i mean he's pretty chill he likes to be by me he likes to do his own thing too so like i have like a bath mat bath mat underneath the desk power move i recommend everyone do it that's a huge uh that's a good idea Mm-hmm. Cause then it's like cool, and the cat lays on it too, and I'm like, cool. My feet are warm. Your body's warm. You're like spending time with me. It's great. I kind of. So, I grew once up he got fixed dogs. too, he was like, he got a lot better. Oh, you have to fix uh, male cats, right? Or else they're terrible. I have anosmia, so I can't smell. Really? That's a thing. Which, yes. Uh, I got it via uh, head trauma but Ooh. yeah so i uh, i hit my head too many times it's fine but so i can't smell which really prolonged the amount of time that i could withstand not getting my cat fixed mm-hmm. because for me him peeing on the floor or the the thing is just a puddle it doesn't smell like just anything. annoying yeah and then I'm like, all right, I'll clean it up. And I know that I have to spray and I know I have to, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think my apartment ever smelled like cat piss or whatever. No one ever said that it did. None of, <laughs> none of my girlfriends ever said that it smelled like cat piss. But uh, I was like, yeah, you know, it's just kind of annoying, right? Yeah. The it What pushed me over the edge there is as he comes underneath my, hang on. We'll see if we can get the buddy cameo if, he, if he's feeling friendly. Buddy. Come here, bud. There you go. Say hi to the people, bud. Oh, wow. Real fluff ball. Yeah. Look, I think cats seem the like the perfect pets because they just aren't <laughs> crazy high maintenance like it, sometimes a dog can be. Yeah. And I wish I wasn't deathly allergic because I would much prefer that. I love to have a pet. I sometimes don't like having to dedicate my life to having a pet. This cat... His breed is one of the hypoallergenic uh, cat breeds. Really? With that much fur? Um, Their fur is not what does it. Um, I'll put you down. Hang on. They're, um, they, when they lick themselves, they have an enzyme in their saliva. That's what people who are allergic to a cat really? are reacting to. Oh. So Siberian cats, like Buddy, don't have that. Or, or it's reduced or something or whatever. Hmm. So... He's pretty cool, you know? 
He's a he, like I said, he's a cool cat. I have my uh my my dog from when I was a kid is still alive. Oh wow. She's a uh she's a pit bull. Oh yeah. It's, so. I I seen uh my aunt has lived for like 16 years already. At this point they're just trying to make it be the the longest living pit. <laughs> She's a happy dog. She's rolling around. Nice. As long as they're still moving, I think is kind of the biggie, right? Yeah, 10 years. And sweet. You still got so. another decade. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, big, big cuddle dog. All bark and no bite. Which, so. oh, pits are beautiful. I love, I love pits. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where you can't convince the people who are like, these dogs are really dangerous. Mm-hmm. You can't convince them. And you also can't convince the people that are like, this dog is not a danger. It's bad owners. Like you can't exactly. convince either side. It's really just on a dog by dog basis. It's just however right? they're trained, which, you know, are big, and maybe so people s- like to make them aggressive. Sometimes I got to tell you, I thought that all pits before I got mine when I was in high school, were kind of dangerous, had the potential mm-hmm. to be dangerous. And I don't know if some of them are, I think a lot of it is training, but what I've also learned is that the way that they're bred, where they're just constantly inbred. Yeah. And, or these, or these purebred mills that make monstrous versions of them. You know, my dog does not look like the, the <laughs> jacked up one. Looks like what the dog breed used to look like. You know, before they, they went to the kennel system, you know. So when I think about that stuff, I'm like, yeah, I have a pit. She's okay. When I look at the fucking Hulk dog that like could probably bench will, more you know, than us. Yeah. Yeah. The pull my car down the road. My freaking <laughs> high, my Toyota Highlander. Yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Now, you mentioned a bit uh, that you did. Uh, GDQ courtroom and stuff. How many how many marathons have you gone to, like in-person events? I went to a GDQ in 2019. That was my first one. I went for three days, cause, or four days. I wasn't sure I was going to like it. Mm-hmm. I went to SGDQ 2020 for the whole time. No, e- no sorry. I went to SGDQ 2019 for the whole time. That's right. And then I went to AGDQ 2020 when it was in Orlando. So I've been to three. Oh, that'd be awesome. They're fun. You know, my friends go. Mm-hmm. The snap the snap people always turn out. It's like we have like 20 people show up every time. It's really fun. Um, You know, they're my friends. And I obviously mm-hmm. I miss them, you know. But me and Cece's friendship really grew from going to GDQs together. Yeah. So. I kind of I started running as a result of COVID, so everything is mm. fairly new to me. I can't wait to have an actual in-person event again. I think that'll be awesome. Some people that I've talked to recently don't want the event to go back to being in person. They really? are enjoying. They're enjoying the the inclusivity that not having to travel brings. Fair. As part of the marathon experience. And there's some people that are like, I don't want to be caught up in the drinking culture or whatever. Oh, well, and maybe I gotta because say, I'm a degenerate, I want to be part of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's there if you want it, but mm-hmm. it's not all that's there. There are a lot of people that go there that don't drink. You know, it's not like a, it's not Animal House. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
you know, if that's the way that y'all y'all and your partners get down, <laughs> like there's no reason why the hotel that they pick should be next to a liquor store True. within walking distance unless there's some the expectation for disaster. that we're going to Yeah. So you put a group of anybody with similar taste together, is it's gonna be a little rowdy. Yeah. And so no, it's not the goal. You can't drink in the event space. You go back to your room, you mm. kick back a few beers, you watch the event. You know. Have you had a run a, a, a GDQ? I am not. Are I you trying not. to? In the sense that if it happened, it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. And I would never try to do it again. I'd be like, this is my one. one. And done. This is my one. I, I God, I don't even know what game I would submit. I don't even know what I would try to do. <laughs> Nick, I would probably be Nick Car Racers too, and that'd be very miserable for me in general. So, <laughs> I don't know. I I think that's like a big goal, and I've I've put it up there as like, yeah, you know, maybe if I'm good at something in the future, it'd be cool. But yeah, I only just started think... doing marath like even online marathons, so it's kind of interesting. It's a good experience, you know. Mm-hmm. I like I said I I when I think about it I just focus on the idea that like I'm just going to have fun I don't, like doing a run kind of feels like work. Oh yeah, I don't want to see that. I don't want to go and do work. I want to go and watch other people have fun and mm-hmm. do work, presumably. So, you know, and uh, I do runs at other marathons, you know. So I'm I'm pretty good. If it happens, it happens. I have never even submitted, to be honest. Really? So it's like... See, that's actually kind of surprising. I'm not like, really, hey, why not? I'm not good at anything, so I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm like, you know, and you don't have to be good to submit. I, I want everyone to know my position. You can be just doing it to have fun. I just speedrun to have fun, mm-hmm. you know, and I speedrun at my marathons because my family likes to see me suck. <laughs> nice of them so they show up and they're like oh cool you know yeah so you know i don't know I mean, maybe i'll submit in the future i'd like to watch my friends get in that's more yeah, for sure in line in line with what i hope happens i uh i never really cared before about like i guess because I, I like pro football and stuff like that i their draft yeah. days and stuff like that could care less i'm like all right i'll, I'll watch the games when they're on <laughs> but I think this is kind of giving me insight to the people that are really fans. I'm like, I love to see marathon schedules come out. Like, oh, who's in? Who do I know? Who who got in? Yeah, right. Like, who, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. blocks are there. You know, what do we got going <laughs> on here? What's the incentives looking like? So it gave me a, a lot of appreciation for the hard work that they do to make the events and make oh, them I what bet. they are. You know, and just doing the best with what we have. You know, that's kind of what we try to do with Estad and. How, you know, how do you make it better when the technological restraints are still the same? Mm-hmm. So I will say my goal for the future is that SDAT will eventually be in person. That would be awesome. Or even uh, this is something that I think would be interesting, kind of what you were talking about, that inclusivity thing without travel, to see some marathons potentially do a hybrid system, include some mm-hmm. online runs. Yeah, I, I could see, I could very easily see a scenario for me where we do like a 24 seven thing, but then the in-person runs stop at a certain point. Oh, and yeah. then you switch to, you switch to online and then you mm-hmm. can have people kind of doing it that way. And then you can have people like overseas 
who that works for. Yeah, the Australians know, and the stuff stream. like that, I'm sure, would like it. Yeah. Hey, listen, there are people in like the UK that would love the ability to be like, all right, two o'clock, you're on. Perfect. That's two o'clock my time, that's 7 a.m. your time. Ugh. Which even then, yeah. 7 a.m. You, you take it, you know? Mm-hmm. So. As far as your speedrun uh, is concerned, do you have anything on your radar? It's like, yeah, I kind of want to pick this up, or you start to look at loosely. Well, new Pokemon Snap came out, and that was okay. Oh, yeah. It's long. Casually, then... did you like it? Casually, I loved it, yeah. It gave me that feeling I had of playing Snap when I was a kid. But I don't know. I, I don't know that I look out and I'm like... Well, that's a lie. I thought doing Mario Golf speedruns for Super Rush would be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also am very short-tempered, and uh, <laughs> golf golf just does not work for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, the highs are really high. When I'm getting, like, the crazy chip-ins from, like, 45 yards away, I'm, like, screaming. And then when I'm getting, like, jerked around at the hole where the ball's, like, doing loop-de-loops at the and I'm like, just get in your home. Go to your home. It's your home. Go to your home. So what you're too good for your home. What you're saying and admitting is that uh, Super Rush is in fact a golf game. Then <laughs> it's not really golf. It's kind of golf. Uh-huh. It's golf adjacent. <laughs> golf adjacent. It's golf adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So you know. It's like. So I. I'm looking at the day. Crunchy Brown told me, <laughs> so this is a throwback to the Crunchy Brown episode of Speeder and Insider, but my friend Crunchy Brown and me were going to have an achievement race, which I'm destroying him in, by the way. So he did buy a, it? He's going to buy it, and he's going <laughs> to admit it. I'm 16,000 points up on him. Dang. I, I'm, I'm beating him by twice his score, and he's like, I'll get to it later. I'm like, bro, you're out there of later. There is no later. You, yeah. You're out of later, bro. <laughs> Have you recorded like a, a speed run of it, I guess? I, I've done a few, yeah. I, I said that that would be my punishment, and then I'm like, it actually sounds like it's not that bad. Yeah. So I did it. I did two. I saw it's almost kind of crazy, especially being a big Nintendo IPO. Like, people were running it for a few weeks, and I haven't seen anybody really playing it anymore. It's like, oh, that's too bad golf the speed golf people are very loyal yeah so they probably you know it happens with a lot of games a lot of new games get a lot of new players and then all right now the belt tightening comes in it's like i'm out like now trying to get that instead of getting minutes off your time Mm -hmm. we're talking about how can we save one more shot you know so it's sort of the direction I think that they're at right now. It happens with it, like most new speed games. Yeah. Now the opposite side of that, is there anything that you know you do not want to run, but because it seems like you've know you know so many people, is there a run that you really like watching? Yes. I like watching Banjo. I like watching uh Abney a lot. I'll never do the skips runs. <laughs> I'll never do that. Um I really like my friends when they speed run. I am, I like to support them. I like to watch. I watch a lot of Zem. I watch a lot of Void. I don't think I can speed run any of the games that we've covered for Speed Dogs. Oh, I bet. 
Um, and I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I watch a lot of Orcrist, who's a good friend, uh, Orcrist GC, and he plays a lot of Breath of the Wild. I can't do that. Yeah, Zelda games I, I are off the table. I watched Breath of the Wild, and I'm like, nope, I would never. No. I mean, great, entertaining, mm-hmm. fun, and he's super relaxed, but... Nah, bro, that ain't my get down. Cart, give me a cart racer. Give me a cart racer, and I'll mm-hmm. and I'm at it. You know, I speedrun Hello Kitty racers and Wait, San really? Rio Friends racing. I did. <laughs> it's it's objectively better than Nick Cart Racers one. What? Like well, apparently that bar is really low, so I don't know if that's saying much. <laughs> well, you know, it happens. And. I don't know if this is something you can't really talk about too much, but are there any series, not necessarily that you've put any work into, but you think would be a good Speed Dog episode or something uh, that's on the horizons? Yeah, uh, I can talk about that. Uh, the next video is Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, okay. Which will be really cool. We announced that at the end of the Wind Waker video. Really cool uh, video. It's going to be Boss Rush NTA. It's a really cool story. And the Team Eco guys, they're awesome. They were a pleasure to work with. Uh, I'll I'll tease a few things. Um, you know, we'd love to get back into, you know, Ratchet. You know, uh, Up Your Arsenal is on the horizon. Uh, one series came, one of the communities came back and said, Hey, you did such a great job on the first one. Can you do another one? <laughs> We're like, I'm like, yo, we got you. No problem. Uh, we are trying to kind of recreate the wheel on something we've already done. So we're trying to work on that. Uh, there's probably, at any given time, there's like three projects kind of work being worked on with one being the main focus. Uh, with the recent YouTube unlisting thing that happened, mm-hmm. we went through 40 games that we wanted to do oh, videos wow. on and downloaded their <clears throat> entire histories. So it was a lot of research. It was a lot of downloading. We bought like 10 hard drives and filled them all up. And just preserved a lot of the game's history as much as we could. And oh, yeah. so I mean, that's SRC been... doesn't do a great job of pres- preserving history, that's for sure. Plus, all those unlisted videos were mm-hmm. going to be private. So we're like, well, you know. And there's there's probably like three more videos coming out this year. If I had to guess, I, I want to say more. Like there would be more, but probably three. Probably get one more. One one will come out for Estet. So the next video is going to come out in time for Speed Doxathon. And then, you know, probably like two or three more this year. So hopefully that, that's what happens. But. Well, awesome. And uh, we are getting kind of dangerously close to about two hours. So I think I'm going to wrap up for today. But where can the people find you? What What kind of stuff do you have going on? The people can find me. I'm CJ. It's all good. You can find me on twitch.tv slash CJ. It's all good with an underscore that C J I T S A L L G E W D underscore. Uh, you can follow speed ducks. That's on Twitter, twitter.com slash speed ducks. Y T you can go to YouTube. 
youtube.com slash bdocs. Uh, you can watch, you can listen to the Speedrun Insider podcast. That's also on YouTube. Go to your favorite podcasting platform, type Speedrun Insider. It'll probably come up. iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, <laughs> all the other ones, Google, they're all on there. Uh, you can go to watch my cohort, CC Never Render, at his Twitch stream, uh, twitch.tv slash CC Never Render. I'm on the chat of there all the time. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Uh, I'm easy to find. I No one's ever accused me of sneaking up on them before. If you had to, uh, I guess, give it a guess, when do you think uh, Estat's schedule is going to drop? If I had to guess, probably within the next week or so, it'll come out. Okay. I think, yeah. Well, awesome. I will be sure to let people know about scheduling stuff for that and everything. Everything you just said will be in description because YouTube, Spotify, all the works as well. So thank you again. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Absolutely.